Kingdom greetings and kingdom blessings to you. Hi, this is your host, Rhonda Taylor from Let Your Voice Be Heard, Movement Internationals, also the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Global Tent Ministries, where there is life, love, joy, peace, and harmony. Also, healing and deliverance. As you know, healing is your portion. Again, this is Rhonda Taylor coming to you on this beautiful, marvelous Monday to bring you greetings from the tribe of Judah. Today, I'm going to be talking about angels and spirits that is sent by God and those that have been sent by the enemy. Okay, as we know, um, God's angels are messengers. For some, everybody say, oh, hey, we know that. We know. Well, some people may not have known that, that God's messengers, they are there. I mean, God's angels are messengers. They are deliverers uh, and guiders. They, they sent by God to his people. Okay. Um, even when I was in the world, I recall, I, I recall uh, God sending his angel to come and bring me a word of encouragement or a warning because he do have angels that brings warning to us and in our lives as we know the times that we're living in right now we are in perilous times uh we are in times when people are lovers of money more than lovers of god they're lovers of things more than they are lovers of god they 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 don't have a repentance heart um, a lot of leaders have fallen prey to the enemy because of their lack of respect for God and the things that God is telling them to do in this time is to sound the alarm, to blow the trumpet and to let the people know that we are in perilous times. Okay. For he will command his angels going back to the angels for he will command his angels concerning you and I to guard you in all of your ways, not some of your ways, all of your ways. God is a comforter. I don't know about you, but he have comforted me in the most trying times in my life. God is a healer. God have healed me from so many different sicknesses, so many different uh, 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 elements that was going on in my body, pain, affliction, uh, mental illness, all these things God have deli- have literally delivered me from. So he have literally put his words in my mouth and, and, and for me to go out and proclaim and, and, and proclaim the good news and to set the captives free. When you know who you are and whose you are, what you stand for, and the things that God have called you to do, the things that God have called you to do may not be the same thing that he have called me to do, but we're going in the same direction on the same, with our minds, with our minds, with our minds, with our minds on God. One purpose, because there's only one God. He said, but he will keep you and he will guard you in your, all of your ways. Read Psalms 91 and 11. Or just read the whole Psalms 91 for some of you that may not be familiar with that particular chapter. Two good angels warned Lot to get himself and his family out of Sodom before God destroyed it. And I know this is going to sound a little bit uh, 
uh, can I say tragic for some, but for some it's, it's going to be healing and nourishment to them because they know it's, it's a word of truth. This place that we're in always have sound the alarm for us to let them know that God is not pleased with a lot of things that have been taking place. Some in, in our ministry, some in, in our homes and in our workplaces and just all over the world. It's a, God is, is really upset about a lot of things that's taking place. And he allowed the, 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 the prophets to be in tune with, with truth, to tell the truth and not to hold back truth. Even if it sometimes, because you know it sometimes hurts. Like some people... When they go to the doctor and, and you know, they're taking your blood to you. Some people, they say it don't hurt. And some, they say, yeah, it hurts. With me, it bothers me. I can't take, I can't stand needles. And, you know, you get a shot in your arm or whatever. It's painful. But once you, once it's done, it's healing whatever that was, that was bothering you, that, that kept you sick or that kept you in bed or whatever that it was for. But at that time, it was painful or it, it, it didn't feel good. So sometimes when God brings his word of correction to you, it, it don't feel good. But it's for your good. It's to bring healing. It's to bring deliverance. It's to bring restoration. Whom God loves, he also chastises. He chastises children to let them know, come on, wake up. So I'm saying to you today, wake up out of sleep. You've been sleeping too long. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Genesis 19, 1 through 15. Gabriel brought an answer from God to Daniel, who was praying. Read Daniel 9, 20 through 23. Gabriel also brought the news to Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth, would bear him a son, uh-huh, which his name was John, uh-huh, Luke 1, 13, 18, and 19, and to the Virgin Mary, that she would bear a son, Jesus, which his name was Jesus, it was John, it was Jesus, both of them brought, both of the women, good news, uh-huh, Cornelius, a satirian, distinctly saw and spoke with one of God's angels who called him by name and told him that God had taken notice of his prayers and his gifts to the poor. Acts 10 and 3 and 4. See, you don't have to sound the alarm. You don't have to go out here and boast and show everything that you're doing for people. And you have to show everybody that you, that, that, that you, you know, you, this person that you, uh, in other words, you're somebody, which we're all somebody, but you, you, you know, you want to be more important than what you really are. And, and, and you want to always show that you're laying money in somebody's hands. And you always want to show that you're putting food in somebody's hand. And you always, want to show that you're putting a bottle of water in somebody's hand because maybe you at that time at that moment and in that season you was able to help that person but ah I beg to differ one day one just one day that same person that you put water in their hands you put money in their hands you put food in their hands that's going to be the same person that maybe one day you might be done switch or shift and you're sitting in that spot and that same person is going to come to you in humility and humble and they're not going to be recording every time that they put something in your hands and they're showing you this is how it's done God said 
God said that to this man. He said, I, I saw that you was giving gifts to the poor. He didn't, he didn't showcase what he was doing, everything that he was doing. He didn't showcase it because God said, what you do in secret, I will reward you in the open for. Miracles, signs, and wonders. As you know, some things that Jesus did, he, he said, don't tell no one because he already knew that when they see you, they're going to know that you're not the same person that you used to be. You're not the same lying wonder. You're not the same prostitute. You're not the same, excuse me, drug addict. You're not the same fornicator, adulterer, a backbiter. When they see you, it's going to be something about your appearance that's going to shake the very thing on the inside of them that's going to make them want the God that you say you serve and you love without you saying it, but they seeing it in your face. They seeing it in your walk. They hearing it in your talk because your walk is demonstration of what you're speaking. And they're going to want the God that you say you are serving. Okay? Not only good angels, but evil angels and demons ultimately answer to God and, and do his will also. Did you not know that? As strange as it may seem, evil is integral. I'm telling you, it's an essential part of God's great plan. Otherwise, these angels would not have been allowed to choose evil over good after God created them. An evil angel or a demon is permitted to do the bidding of Satan. Uh-huh. As long as God approves the activity and does not have any other specific task in mind for that spirit. Uh-huh. God ends evil angels and spirits as agents of punishment to those who sin against him or transgress against other people. That's why I always tell people, you never have to fight the enemy. You never have to, to buck back at people that buck up against you. You don't have to fight. You don't have to, to, to go in betrayal mode because they betrayed you. They lied on you. They talked about, you don't have to go in that mode. Only thing you need to do is sit back and watch God do the hitting because God hit much harder than you do. You don't have to get all irritated and frustrated and say, they lied on me. They did this to me. They did that to me. Only thing you have to do like I used to do as a little girl, I'm going to go get my daddy because my daddy hit much harder than I do. I'm not going to worry about what you say. I'm not going to worry about your hand that you use to create evil against God's people. I'm not going to worry about you speaking death when God has spoken life over me my children, my grandchildren, and everybody that's tied to me, even those that are not tied to me, that you have literally put your mouth on. I'm not worried about that because God hits harder than I do. And when we get that in our minds and stop speaking uh, 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 witchcraft over people because maybe they're not saying and doing what we want them to do. So we began to speak certain things over them. And when you do that, you, you're speaking things and God say, oh, watch out because it's coming back. It's coming back. Now, if I'm giving you a word to warn, you warn. If I'm giving you a word to speak, you speak. If I give you whatever I'm giving you, that's what I want you to do. So I've always been the person I tell the enemy a life for a life. 
When someone speak death over you, they got to know just like the, the days of when the days of Moses and, and, and Pharaoh and all of them, they were speaking death and whatever Pharaoh said, it happened to his household first. He lost his first son first. <laughs> he spoke it and, and Moses had to let it know out of your mouth. You spoke this thing. So you don't even have to worry about people putting things or, 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 or on you or lying or being deceptive or, or hurting you when you because you already know it, you discern it, you feel it and all that good stuff. You don't have to worry about it. You just give it to your daddy and you say, daddy, don't you see him? Daddy, don't you hear him? And he said, oh, yes, daughter. Oh, yes, son. I see all, know all. I'm there when you're not. I, I heard what you didn't hear and I saw what you didn't see. That's why. I'm bringing a separation. If I leave you with the person or the people that is doing that, I'm, I'm allowing you to grow up in the process to give you some tough leather skin. So that way, when you began to step out further, those things will not affect you. They will not bother you when people say things that you know that is not of me. It will you will just look at them and smile because you will say what? Vengeance is mine, said the Lord, and I will repay. I will repay is God, not you. So now when people say and do things, I love on them anyway. I talk to them anyway. I bless them anyway because the Bible said to bless and love your enemies. I love them anyway because God hits harder than you do. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that again and say God is evil angel spirits as agents of punishment to those who sin against him or transgress against other people. They transgressing against other people. Those children that belong to God. Read Psalm 78 and 49. He also may send angels to, to, lost, to the lost. He was sent. I did not tell you from the beginning that when I was lost, that angels was coming to visit me. Some came to, to, to uh, warn me. And you had some that would come to minister to me in my time of, of heartache, in my time when I fell down mentally. God will send his angels. Angels don't always mean this. Sometimes that is you don't see anybody around you and they're speaking. And sometimes it is. Sometimes he will use somebody to come out of the blue and say, you was, on my, you was in my spirit. Be careful with that too. You was in my spirit, so I decided to call and check on you and, and pray for you. Be careful with that too, because you do know Satan got his agents. They're calling you to keep up with the report to see how you're doing. And if what they said or what they did didn't work, no, it didn't. Shut your mouth, shut your curtains and your blinds and your mouth because it didn't work. And what you use with your hands, it didn't work. You need to put away all that stuff that you've been using, all those candles, all that oil, all that stuff that you use to try to draw some somebody because that thing that you use to try to draw that thing is going to turn against you uh-huh i'm helping somebody's not somebody but i'm helping somebody's uh-huh he he may also send again angels to the lost reprobate people to delude them even more completely than they already have allowed themselves to be deceived 
You got a lot of people walking around, they fired and they don't even know it. And you got some, they know they fired and they still trying to operate out of that same old oil, them same garments. They talking the same way, living the same way, acting the same way. And they talking and they talking and they talking and it sounds repetitious because they ain't got no new oil. They ain't got no new words. They got that same old way of thinking, that same old way of talking, that same old way of acting. When things don't go their way, they whine, 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 whine act like little bitty babies because it ain't going they, they way. They go in their own house. They kick their own dog and kick their own cat, overfeed the fish, do all that dumb stuff because they haven't grown up and they start talking out of their flesh. And God said, you still haven't grown up yet. I'm going to keep working on you. If I can't work on you, I'm going to let you go ahead. Turn over to a reputated mind. You don't want to hear me. I don't care. This go for even some of the leaders. They so hard headed. They so stiff necked. They talk about the people in the world, but yet still a lot of them are stiff neck. A lot of them, they looking straight ahead. Can't nobody tell them nothing. They easily offended. You got to walk on eggshells around them. They can minister to you and say everything to you. But the minute that you chastise them, you correct them. They get offended. Uh-huh. And they start having a little why, 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 little temper tantrum like a little uh, 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 two-month-old. Now, I ain't going to even give them a two-year-old because two-year-olds don't. Some two-year-olds don't do that. So God say, I'm going to go ahead and turn you over to a reputated mind because you thinking you're right, but you're wrong. There's two left shoes. I'm going to leave you there and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Second Thessalonians 2 and 11. God is fully aware of such people. You don't think he's aware? Uh-huh. Due to disobedience. A lot of people are walking around in disobedience. A portion of disobedience is just flat out disobedient. Ain't no halfway. It ain't no, I did it just a little bit. I didn't even know, you know, I did a little bit of sin. Baby, one little bit of sin that'll mix up the whole. It's just like if you put, if you miss one egg baking your cake when you know you're supposed to use two or three, how many cakes, how big you want it. And you miss out that one egg, you'll see how that cake turn out. That Because of that one little thing you left out. Uh-huh. That one little thing that you, you refuse to get rid of. You can't stop lying. Even if somebody keeps telling you that, they, that that's the spirit of Satan, you still, you don't even fear God enough to try to, to, to ask God to help you to stop all that lying. Manipulating. You just can't help yourself. Manipulating people to do what you want to do. You, don't, you just can't help yourself. And when people correct you, you get mad because you're thinking, you just picking. No, I'm not picking. I'm trying to pick that up out of you because God said he don't like it. He ate it. Due to disobedience, 1 Samuel 13, 8 through 14. Uh-huh. So God's spirit left Saul. I told you all uh, probably last year, probably I've spoken before. When God's spirit left Saul and it came instead upon David, it came upon David instead of Saul. Saul got arrogant. Yeah. Have you ever heard leaders say stuff like when somebody says something, I already told you that. No, no, no. No, hold them up. God already spoke that to you. I didn't tell you nothing. God already spoke that to you. What did God say? What did God say? Not what I already said to you. What did God say? Uh-huh. See, now you're walking around in your own, you walk around in, in ignorance and arrogance is what it is. And arrogant ain't always a man. It could be a woman. Uh-huh. Be careful. God's spirit left Saul and came instead upon David. Okay. Who later would become Israel's second and greatest king. Now, after the spirit of God left Saul, an evil 
spirit sent by God came to torment him. Uh-huh. It was sent by God to torment him. But Saul was still trying to do his thing. Can you say that? Thereafter, whenever David uh, would go and play the heart for him. See, every now and then, David had to go and soothe Saul. Uh-huh. So Saul thought he had it all together. And he even tried to destroy uh, David by his actions and his words. He tried to destroy David. Jealousy. Can you say jealousy is as cruel as the grave? Because they shouted out more for David than they did for Saul. Saul, Saul got a dangerous and an angry spirit. And he started spewing things out of his spirit that wasn't of God. Out of jealousy and envy. And some of you are following Saul's and you think you're following David, but you're really following a Saul. And you, the, the, the cold part about it is, uh-huh, the, the thing is, you know it. And God is going to hold you accountable for what you know, and you still clapping this thing on, uh-huh, saluting this thing. David again played the heart. This tormenting spirit usually would be would leave Saul when David played that heart. However, this same spirit even impelled Saul on at least two occasions to try to kill David. Isn't that something? The very one that tried to help you, to stick with you, and and I've and and I've I've been guilty of that where I have helped so many people, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. I don't hate I did. Those will be the very ones to turn around and be Saul. Uh-huh. They will be the very ones to turn around and snap like a snake. Those are the very ones that will tell everybody else how they feel versus to tell me how they feel. And what they're trying to do is trying to lure people to them thinking that sooner or later they're going to see you for who you really are. So what do you do? I'm glad you asked. You don't worry about that. That ain't your problem nor your business. I always tell people what others think of you is none of your business. Saul is an example of someone who knew God but who constantly compromised on his service for God. His pride and his jealousy of David delude his focus on love for what God had for him. And it caused him too many times to do things in his own instead of the way God had would God have him to do it. Uh-huh. Mm-mm-mm. He was impatient when God did not react in his way. In his time frame suitable for him, he tended more towards satisfying his own personal pleasures and desires rather than fulfilling his spiritual nature in God. The tormenting spirit was sent by God to punish Saul, who had disobeyed God for too, too long <laughs> and who had turned away from him. In the end, Saul took his own life. 1 Samuel 31 and 4. See, the thing about it is, when you look at people 
And when you keep when you when you keep telling people that they're doing a great job, but you know that they are hurting people, you're just as guilty and the same blood will be on your hands as well. You say, well, I'm not the one that did it, but you are rooting the person on that's shedding innocent blood. Because Saul wanted to shed David's blood for no reason. He was jealous of David for no reason. And I just wonder, did anybody ever speak up to Saul and say, hey, you in error. That's wrong. Or did they root him on? What happened? Did everybody tell Saul that he was doing good when they knew that he was in error? When he talked in, in out of turn, did anybody correct Saul to tell him you, you're wrong for that? Or did they root him on? The same blood that's on Saul's hands will drip down to your head too. Because as you know, the oil trickles down. Now we want to talk a little bit about this lying spirit. Okay. Ahab was a king of Israel who began to serve Baal and worship him. Believe it or not, whether you know it or not, a lot of people in church, a lot of people that watch church, even on TV, a lot of people that sow, sow uh, their tithes, their offering, and sow seeds into ministries, a lot of those same people believe in Baal and witchcraft. A lot of people, if one of the ladies that was following, I believe it was Peter and neighbor, she was saying, oh, these are great men of God. And she followed them. And you got people sometimes that's trying to follow you and just keep up with you for all the wrong reasons. They're with you to keep giving the devil more reports. They like to give, they give it, see, uh, I preached a message years ago. It was an inside job. Because you got people that spies that will come into your house, that will come into your ministry, that will come into your, your place of business, and they will spy, and they will come into your business and see what you're doing, and they will go out and try to do exactly what you're doing to duplicate it, and it will not work because God did not grace them with the same grace that he had graced you with. They would try to speak as you speak and they haven't went through the things that you went through. So it will not be effective because they didn't suffer for that oil. So they will not sympathize with those that, that have or are still going through. But as we know how we know the spirit of Ahab, okay, he worshiped Baal. 1 Kings 16 and 31. He did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than did all the kings of Israel before him. Have you ever seen somebody just self-destruct and they know they're doing wrong? You know a snake is sneaky. It have a very sneaky spirit. And if you look at people a lot of times, you don't have to look long, but you can just kind of glance at them and you can see the disfigurement in their face. You can see them where they dislike you or they hate your or they hate your anointing or they hate what you're doing. They want, you know, they, they really have a, uh, they despise you. You can see it all in their spirit. You can just look over and glance and it look like it's disfigured. But as we know, who was Ahab's wife? Do anybody know? I'm going to give you a second to answer that. Time's up. Jezebel. See, Jezebel 
have her spirit was just as bad. Jezebel was an unruly spirit. Very unruly. Had a man killed. Jezebel had a man killed. Uh-huh. After which Ahab took possession of this man's vineyard. That there it go again. The wife working with the husband. Now, she know what her husband was after. Her husband was after prestige. He was after the property. So what did she do? She had the man killed. She tried to destroy this man so her husband could have his vineyard. Consequently, two of God's prophets prophesied doom for Ahab. Furthermore, Ahab uh, heeded a recommendation of about 400 false prophets who told him that he should go to war against Ramoth, Galib. When doing so would mean his death. Okay? In doing so, it meant his death. But don't you know what Satan means for evil? God will always turn it for your good. But the past guards, through, they went through this gate. It opened itself. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was put through the intense time of temptation by Satan. We do know that Satan exists. I'm getting ready to wind this thing down. And then I'm, after I get to talking about Jesus fasting, then I'm going to go to talk a little bit about the treacherous spirit, uh-huh, the tormenting spirit. And then we're going to close out with the ministering angels. But I just want to talk a little bit now about how the enemy will come to try to tempt you. I always tell people now, if he tried to tempt Jesus, who we think we are, he's going to come. He's going to come. Okay? Before I talk, started talking about Jesus fasting for 40 days and how the enemy came to tempt him, my last thing was to talk to you about was that the death of Ahab. And we already know what happened to his wife. We already know. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was put through an intense time of temptation by Satan. Matthew 4, 1 and, 1 and 10. Okay, you need to see that. That's the temptation of Jesus. Was he tempted? Was he ever to the point to where he didn't want to do it and he didn't want to go to the cross? Have he ever, did he ever get to the point to where he got frustrated? Did it happen in the garden? The Gethsemane? I mean, in, the, in Gethsemane, I meant to say. Did it happen there? Father, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That means it was a time where he got frustrated. He got a little, he got a little tired. He got a little irritated. And that was his words. After the devil left him, the angels came and they attended. There go the angels again. They came in and attended. They ministered to him, in other words. Probably to bring him food, to encourage him, and after after his ordeal. We, you know, it didn't never just say, just that they came to minister to him. It didn't say how. Also, as he prayed to the Father the night before his crucifixion, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. You see how that worked? Luke 22, 42, and 43. Okay, now we want to talk about this treacherous spirit. And I'm not going to be before you long. I'm going to get ready to let you go. This treacherous spirit, Elimelech was uh, who wanted to become Israel. You know about Elimelech. I can never pronounce that man's name. <laughs> to become king of Israel. 
had his 70 brothers murdered. Did you hear what I said? That's a treacherous spirit. How people will literally, people thinking that murder can mean that they come up and they hit you, stab you, beat you, shoot you, whatever. No, sometimes your words could kill people. Saying the wrong things about people because you may be angry at them. And you're speaking, you, you, you got people that are speak real ugly words against your life because they mad at you about something. That's a treacherous spirit. But those same people will preach the word of God and try to preach you happy and teach you happy. But they have a treacherous spirit. These same people then gather to crown him. Okay, I'm going to go back. Now, remember I said that this man who wanted to become uh, Israel's king had 70, 70, not 70, 70, I mean 70, 70, 70, okay, brothers murdered. That's a lot of people to get killed, okay? The slaughter was funded by the citizen of Shekin. Isn't that something? How somebody will pay for you to do things to someone else, how they will fund things, uh, not fund like F-U-N, like F-U-N-D. They will fund something that they know that's not healthy for others, that they will push something that they know that is detrimental to others. Uh -huh. But these people gathered and they crowned him king. Jotham, the youngest brother, escaped. However, in an alleged Jotham was uh, Jotham likened their, their choosing the Limelag as king to a group of uh, trees selecting a thorn bush mm. rather than another tree to be their king. There could be only trouble ahead, and he knew it. After three years, God sent a treacherous spirit to come between Limelag and the citizens of the land. So as to avenge the shed blood of Limelech's 70 brothers. Judges 9, 22, and 24. Read it at your leisure. This single demon was able, spiritually, <laughs> you hear me, to induce the people to rise up against Elimelech. And he, in turn, tried to quill in with rebellion. After a complicated sequence of events, about a thousand citizens of Shekin had died. And after an unexpected turn, Elimelech was, uh, was also killed. Now we want to talk about this tormenting spirit, and then I'm going to let you go. And I just talked about this. It was Saul that was tormented. And I want to talk about the spirit of torment, what it does. The spirit of torment constantly reminds you of things that it's maybe something that you're dealing with right now. It constantly reminds you of your failures and your mistakes. This, the spirit of torment constantly reminds you of things that you've done that you can't undo. The spirit of torment will come and tell you what you're not and constantly tell you what you're not. The spirit of torment will constantly tell you that others are better than you and see how this person did that and why can't you do that and why are you not doing this? The spirit of torment will use other people and it will use you against you. It will tell you that you're not good enough, that you don't fit in. I I don't want to fit in. I wouldn't want to fit in. God made me to stand out. 
He didn't make me to stand in the middle of anybody or to stand. If I'm going to stand in the middle of anybody or with somebody, it's going to be that I'm covering, I'm praying for them, or I am somewhat helping them. But God didn't mean for us to, uh, to give up our spirituality or our love for him to love the things of the enemy, to, to cater to people that we know that is not of God. And so when you find yourself getting away from the truth and cling to a lie, then the spirit of torment would attach itself to you. And it will constantly remind you. You never, that's why I always, I always try the spirit by the spirit to see if it is from God. And you got some things and people, when you go around them, you know they battling with the spirit of torment. You ain't got to stare at them. The Holy Ghost will let you know they're being tormented. And you got to know how to deal with such people. Because if you say and do the wrong thing, that spirit will torment them even the more to make them believe them rather than him or her. That spirit will say, see, I told you. I told you you shouldn't have came. I told you you need to leave these church people alone. I told you you need to just isolate and get by yourself. I told you that. But you chose to still be around these church folks. You chose to, to still be around your, your family. You chose to still be around, you know, people that said they love. You chose that. The spirit will constantly remind you of the mistake you made. Maybe the person that spoke to you may have said some things and didn't understand that the timing, timing, it's a time for everything. And now you're wrestling with something that they done or something that they said and they because they didn't know that you was already being tormented. So now it's another layer that's been added to that spirit of torment. But I want to give you some good news today that God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God will restore everything that the enemy thought he stole from you. Father God, we thank you for this day. I thank you for every listener. I thank you for everyone that is under the sound of your voice, not mine, because you're using me as a vessel to speak your word, to say what you have for me to say, to do what you would have me to do. Thank you, God, for everything. I give you praise and glory and honor for the things that are about to take place in the lives of those that have tuned in on today. And maybe tune in tomorrow, maybe next week or the week after. But whenever they tune in, let healing begin in their minds and in their heart. Let it begin in their heart. Let it begin to, to penetrate in their heart to let them know that a change must come. God, thank you for, for loving me. Thank you for using me. Thank you for restoring me. And thank you again for those that have tuned in. Bless their households. Whatever the need is, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise on this day and the days to come. Amen. God bless you until next time. And have an amazing day. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not into your own understanding.